Getting back to some political trends. Getting back to some political trends. A few weeks ago, of course, the Rona has taken over the headlines and the fear and consumption diet. The healthy capitalist diet of fear and consumption is being crammed down your throat everywhere yet turn and within that they trickle in news about the stimulus bill which is supposed to be the response to try and quell the harsh repercussions economically mentally physically on all fronts on a federal and state level like how this affects nations not just ours obviously and so the stimulus bill is something that every american should pay attention to regardless if you make the cut off for the means tested twelve hundred dollars of relief that they've thrown at us in the last version phase three of this bill but there's supposedly supposed to be a phase four so i'm saying let's hold out and let's still and when i'm saying let us i'm referring to the progressive voice or anyone who feels like their voice is a progressive one no matter what i believe political affiliation you are you should just want at this time for everyone as a whole to get what they need on all fronts so it doesn't collapse because we have an example of when this happened in 2008 and why would you want to repeat that we understand that it's about money and the money has melted their brains and they put that over people However, we, the people, outnumber those in actual representation. So what we need as a whole needs to matter as well. So there needs to be some type of like federal mandate of the things that people are demanding in general strikes which are things that should just not even have to be argued for and be fist up and punching up and doing all of this. It just should just come, especially at these emergency times, like no questions asked. We don't want some type of meltdown. We don't want some crazy number of evictions and foreclosures and, you know, rent, uh, stopping payment of rent is very different from saying, Governor Cuomo in particular, that you won't get evicted after three months. Like, what kind of, what kind of offer is that to say in 90 days 
and this whole rona situation is a day-by-day situation you can't even though people are postponing for certain things they're doing that in the hopes you know but we gotta rock with this thing day by day and you're getting information from all these different t- channels misinformation oh I've got to take a very interesting segue because it's related. On Twitter, there is a lot of mess and craziness happening, of course. But hashtag Steakum was trending and I had to look that up because I was like, what the what? Why would Steakum be trending? But not only is Steakum trending, Steakum 2020, Steakum for president. And I was like, all right, I need to see what's up with that. And for those of you who are like, what's Steakum? Steakum, I didn't even think they were around anymore. They were, someone described them as like a product you find at your divorced dad's kitchen. And when you went over to his place for the weekend like he'd make you a steakum sandwich something like that so maybe you know steakum that way but steakum is like some steak product i don't even know if it's steak mixed with something else but it's very thin sliced pieces of frozen steak and you take it out of the freezer put it up on a skillet and fry it up and make yourself a sandwich and we loved steakums like growing up i remember it was like yay steakums yum my sisters and i so yeah this frozen meat is still around has a twitter and whoever is running that twitter handle was like dropping mad knowledge about media and misinformation and now is a time where we need to look at science and not be spreading misinformation. It was like some really deep in perspective coming from the Steakum Twitter handle and people were like, oh, I didn't know that Steakum was running for president, but I'm down. Steakum 2020, yeah. It became like some... <laughs> huge thing people are like oh my gosh you need to like leave your job at Steakum whoever you are and go and work somewhere else and get paid like oh my gosh and their (laughs) their byline is hilarious it is I'm looking it up right now their byline (laughs) it's so funny it's Steakum bless like they are hilarious And, oh, their pinned tweet, I think this is what blew them up on Twitter, is, it was like this long Twitter feed, but the first pinned tweet of that, April 6th. So this is how, overnight, you can just blow up on Twitter, a frozen steak meat product can blow up and be trending on Twitter. But the pinned tweet is as follows. Friendly reminder in times of uncertainty and misinformation. Antidotes are not data. Good data is carefully measured and collected information based on a range of subject dependent factors, including but not limited to 
controlled variables, meta-analysis, and randomization. Coming from the stakeum. That's some deep, I mean, they got deep in these tweets. 140 characters, the frozen meat product kept going and going and people were loving it. Stakeum dropping science. They're like, yeah. What a time to be alive. Bravo, Stakeum. <laughs> there is an emoji of this dog looking at its iPhone. His eyes are popping out. And the tweet is Stakeum sounding more presidential than our president. Bravo, Stakeum. This is what I call brand awareness. And then Stakeham replied, I appreciate the love. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah. Even Stakeham is having their... It actually makes me want to have one, even though the thought... I mean, describing it does not sound like anything I would ever want to eat with the type of diet that I have now, but just reminiscing about my childhood. I'm like, oh, a stankum sandwich. I guess in real life, like a, a real Philly cheesesteak sandwich would be what I would, I've never had one. And I feel like being from the East Coast, one day I will try one. But anyway, I truly have digressed and got off. <laughs> But I just had to tell you about the steak on thing because it was so interesting on so many levels that now is a time where you can really capture an audience, anyone, even a frozen steak meat product and have a shot. So that's something. People are paying attention much more to social media channels now that they are in quarantine. So for those of you who want to reach out and interact, I believe in a positive way, you can take advantage of this time to do so. And take advantage of this time to do the extra research that you might not have had the time to do in unquarantined times to look up things like Andrew Cuomo's record, like real record. And for people like that, or even Joe, Joe Biden, for example, because mainstream media is only trying to prop up these certain individuals. So if you go on their channels, which is most of what's on the airwaves, especially if you're talking about cable TV, and also print media, which is now online media. So you will have to do some digging. You can't just type in Andrew Cuomo's name and look up the first result that comes on Google and you're like, oh, well this says, and he's amazing. Because that's what they're all going to say. They're gonna focus on ridiculous points that don't even make sense and they're not going to focus on the issues in the press conferences they don't press him on to answer for anything 
now more of these progressive outlets are like the hill and i've seen tim black cover it the jimmy Dore show has covered it and i'm sure kyle well actually i'm not sure i don't check into his show as often but i'm sure other progressive voices have zeroed in in response to this crazy influx of cuomo and his brother i saw a recipe from his mother that people were talking about like why are we getting an influx of these individuals and of course they have not made it quiet that they will and are heavily cons- uh, uh, right now conspiring hatching a plan to swap out Biden for Cuomo even though he is a sitting governor and actually Ryan Grimm who is a great analyst I've heard him on the hill wrote a book about Jesse Jackson's presidential campaign and within his book he tweeted during this whole when Cuomo was get, started giving these daily press conferences and the press was like oh my gosh he's amazing um so he was like oh in my book I remember that in 1988 when Jesse Jackson ran for president the DNC had hatched a plan that if Michael Dukakis could not beat Jesse Jackson, like they would be looking at all the polling information and looking at all their ways of trying to see what's going on before the primaries. And if it looked like Dukakis was not going to be able to overtake Jackson and Jackson could be the nominee by the vote of the people that they had a plan that Mario Cuomo who was the sitting governor of New York that somehow and that wasn't during some pandemic but they would come up with some sort of like oh this is why this has to happen we're taking Dukakis out who knows maybe they would play on Dukakis's wife Kitty who was an alcoholic she had been admitted to it was a big story I remember like not fully understanding it but obviously as my brain developed I was able to read and analyze those situations and looks like homegirl really couldn't deal with the political pressure and was an alcoholic and had to go to rehab and all that stuff. So they probably give some excuse like that, take him out of the race, and then replace him with then Governor Mario Cuomo. Oh, Mario Cuomo. And so that is something that they've done before with a Cuomo. So they would definitely do it again. What type of excuse they would come up with to take a sitting governor out during a pandemic is beyond me, but these people will come up with anything. Speaking of these people, this establishment, I know the states have jurisdiction over themselves, but at some point, 
that's what federal government is there to do is when states act cray to come in or when states are like oh we went through our budget because we gave it to all our rich friends we need more that's what they're there to do as well so in the state of wisconsin why federally something could not happen to make them be like look y'all ain't voting right now it's crazy so these people i've seen the footage you can see it online of course people standing trying to stand six feet apart all in masks standing there i saw some old man he brought his own chair he's sitting there with his mask on like this is not why <laughs> like i believe it was crystal ball tweeted out like this is a horrible choice like this is america uh, the great Andreas Lucini also tweeted out something recently that this country, the U.S., is like a glorified third world country. As harsh as that is to look, accept and swallow, it is. When I saw those lines of people voting at like that in the mass, the old man on the chair, like it just looks so sad and pitiful. Something if you told me like, oh in belarus where the war has just taken place or i don't know so something like that some something out of like world war ii like this is what happened after a ravaged war goes through your country and this is what it's left with that's what the feeling that you get when you watch this you're like this is um, america this is america for real we've got to want to do better we have to do better we're obviously this rona has like peeled off the band-aid or the wool or the rose-colored glasses that lens that most people even within this country viewed their own country like now we're getting to see like just how just how little these lawmakers have done over the past years not just this current administration the one before the one before the one before like for it to be so crazy and i heard someone's analysis talk about the f where was this it was some talking head I, somewhere on the tv or on the youtube as bernie would say but they said that at least the whole masks and lack of that PPE sort of thing can be attributed to the fact that many of those factory jobs with these trade agreements were sent overseas, mainly to China, to be produced. So that's why in the United States we don't have a lot of those masks on because they stopped being produced here and then they didn't buy enough which is the problem with like outsourcing all the jobs sometimes sometimes it's just not about like oh they can be like cheaply made you have to have some foresight to think about how it's gonna affect 360 which is why those trade agreements like NAFTA and then like NAFTA 2.0 that was just recently signed in this new trade agreement with Mexico and France and Canada and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't, it, all of those trade agreements, just like with the stimulus, always 
benefit a very small section of our population when it needs to be. We talk about balance all the time. Balance in mind, body, soul, balance in government. It has to happen in order for there to be anything that's smooth. It will be unstable. That's that's what I'm trying to say. There will be instability. And right now we need stability. We need it. We need it. So the these um I just believe that until the fourth phase of the stimulus, until we see it, I know many are doubtful. Like how how what what is uh, the progressive voice or the press, progressive wing or caucus, what do they have to bargain with? They've given it all. They've given it all the trillions and the billions and the zil- they've given it all. Like, yes, that is true. What Bernie Sanders or any other progressive member of Congress could have planned at this point, we obviously do not know. It does look like from our perspective that the power that was at your most point of power that it wasn't exercised however because it yes and even though of course I am on board with that in the first three in all phases of this stimulus the working class people should have been front and center and first and foremost above the Kennedy Center for Arts in particular and so many other frivolous things that went into this before making sure that there wasn't a collapse among working class people and it's not just a collapse for working class people it means that the whole even though, yes, the ones on the top make out and the, their money is always rolling and their stocks are always booming and they always figure out to come on top on the, the back, stepping on the backs of the working class while they're doing it. Live from Brooklyn, New York. This is House of Knuckles. Live from Brooklyn, New York. This is House of Knuckles. They first reported 6.6 million filed for unemployment, but I'm reading more that the number is like 10. I always feel like you always have to add more, especially from what is reported, because they're going to try to try to present it as best they can to try and lessen it and make it, oh, we're doing a great job, look. So 10 million, even if it is between 6.6 and 10, it's terrible, millions. Like, that doesn't mean you can't claim that your society is of the top and we're the best and it's tremendous and everything we do is great and awesome when this is how the government is really working. That it's proving that it really is about corporations of America and not truly about the people within the, who inhabit the states and making sure those are strong as a nation that you are strong like that's not the the point of government if within this fourth stimulus 
that working class people again don't get exactly what is necessary for to prevent another meltdown similar to 2008 then as what people like Jimmy Dore and Matt Stoller and voices from the hill who have criticized Bernie and AOC some have directly or and indirectly called Bernie controlled opposition like at that point I feel like if the stimulus doesn't have anything that is of solid merit that you can say okay now this is moving in the right direction this is what we should have had in the first phase but now we have it let's move on let's continue obviously not just saying oh okay this is great but knowing this is a great step forward and keep moving forward not giving up and saying oh well our work is done like you have to keep at it and keep pressing them and keep holding them accountable but doing it in a way that you are not alienating and trying to create dis- disruption or kind of just like for example with Jimmy Dore I started watching him and looking forward to his commentary on the Young Turks during the 2016 campaign because he was a voice of reason he wasn't afraid of voicing his opinion even on that show but he was really for what Bernie stood for and it was authentic and even when it looked like all of these tricks from the establishment were working he was rooting us on to not give up on Bernie and to keep keep the hope alive basically and I was like yeah But that has changed into something else. I feel like he's had guests on the show that can be critical. And we need to be critical of our politicians, especially if they, they're elected officials. So if they make decisions that aren't going to reflect positive results on the people's behalf, then we should speak up about it. Especially in this time it's like we're it's not like an off election season we're in a presidential election election season like we know these establishment tricks because they've done it before they like are too lazy to even change their plan of attack they keep it the same like since the 60s the same i mean they add on a little bit for technology and for the times but pretty much it's the same playbook And we can't fall for that whole infighting and breaking the spirit of the revolution, whether you want to critique how much of a revolution it's been or how much of a revolutionary leader is Bernie or how he's not mostly or that he's cowardly and feckless and like so many like harsh 
words about him as a person have been said and you can't race up and being like oh yeah I'm sure he's a nice guy like when you go after someone's character like that someone who calling them a coward when they're even running for for president on these ideals on a leaving your independent you know party to be able to reach more people as a democratic nominee and a part of the democratic party he had to give stuff up for that like that's just how this capitalist cookie crumbles and we don't know exactly what those things are but i'm sure one of them is like the free will to just accept whatever engagement or to come on whatever show that he personally wants to or that people in his campaign advise him to he has to have those things cleared and of course they don't want him to be on certain shows that are going to uh, offer more of a they want like the centrist moderate type of that's what this DNC is made of but it's like they know that the progressive voice is growing and it's growing and it's strong and they have denied that for a while but obviously in 2016 they couldn't deny it so they were ready in 2020 and shame on Glenn Greenwald I watched a not even half of his new special that The Intercept is putting out and where he was giving a critique of the Bernie campaign, but I, a real like watered down, and there was no analysis really, but it was just, just a caveat almost of the intensive amount of voter suppression there is in the United States. Like they talk about Russian interference and Russia changing the scope of our elections it's like uh pause you need to pause and just do some digging i would suggest follow the investigative work of greg palast he's written a lot of great articles for the guardian regarding voter suppression all over the united states in the 2016 election in certain elections in the south he's been covering he's used his own money and resources to hire legal teams to count votes like he's not a joke when it comes to this voter suppression and looking at how corporations try to buy elections in so many ways it is it's unfathomable I have talked about his documentary before, but the best democracy money can buy. You definitely need to do yourself a favor and clear out some quarantine time to watch that documentary because then you will truly have an understanding of just how deep the corruption goes. So with that, we need to stay united 
hear what this phase four is about if it is a bunch of malarkey like so many of the progressive voice believes that it will be and that all hope is lost blah 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 and if it does remain that to be the or if that remains to be the case at that point in time as a united front we have to make decisions based on that but only as a united front if we if there is infighting and people upset about who didn't come on their show and egos getting in the way and then you know attacks at bernie and his character and that causes people to start you know distrusting bernie and this message and kind of second guessing their whole involvement and then they start other infights with other bernie supporters and it just takes off like dominoes and that type of negativity is just not what is necessary again you can critique and should critique our elected officials but at this moment in time especially what we know about the establishment and this point in time in a presidential election they would love to they have tried to find things on sanders in his personal life to try and embarrass him to try and detract from his campaign from his movement they were unsuccessful at doing so so they would love to create fighting within his base to create several factions so to create a you know i don't think bernie's tough enough side and i'm still with bernie side and we got the bernie bros they want to create all these divisions so that at the time where unification is mandatory and essential if any type of general strike is about to pop off it cannot it will not have impact it will not be successful it will be something that maybe could be written about but it will be written about negatively the individuals who were can be pinpointed who started the strike will just be used as example to the rest of us like this is what happens when you lead a strike and they'll probably find some way to find them or you know jail who knows but what we do know is that there's strength in numbers so it takes a unified front for this general strike that people are saying that is going to be inevitable because this fourth phase of the stimulus will be just another smoke and mirrors it will be total gas lit it will just be something to just divert from the fact that they serve not the people but they serve the corporations they serve the demands of the donor class and not the working class and that will be evident so but as many even of these critics of bernie and his campaign do point out that a general strike will be basically horrible for the people that take participate in it if there are not strong numbers behind them 
and not just like a thousand people, like thousand upon thousands, if not millions of Americans take part in that. So we need unity. We all need to be on the same page. We need to make our critiques, but make sure we're critiquing the system that created the fact that our elected officials are pressured into putting corporations first and not the and not the people that elected them into office in the first place that's what we need to be attacking that system that created that not the people that entered in the system with bravery to take a stance not with the majority but you're outside as a minority thinker in your platforms with this green new deal and with medicare for all and all these radical ideas it does take a amount of bravery it's one thing to com- comment about it from a garage or your your home studio or wherever studio i don't care where you broadcast from it's one thing to talk about it and to analyze it and to say that you have all the answers and that you're right but it's one thing to be in the thick of it in the uh, arena when you've had the calvary of the establishment legal team surround you and tell you what you can and cannot say before an on-air appearance, what on-air appearances you can and cannot do, where your campaign can go. And yes, I believe those guidelines are given to these individuals. They have to work within a parameter that they are given. And that's how this mafioso type establishment rolls. And like I said, it's it's a matter of time. They can't draw out this stimulus for, for phase for that much longer. We'll see what's up. But until then, I'm with uh, any progressive voice or any voice at all that's about keeping a level head, that's about keeping that the main goal at this point is for us to stay all on the same page that we need balance we need more preparedness (laughs) more preparedness we need more compassion we need a lot more planning for our now and our future in in all areas climate change in in the socioeconomics now all of a sudden this uh, governor Newsom in california is introducing all this legislation and programs that are going to assist the homeless and that just didn't come like that plan of action that uh uh financial uh, the foundation for which these programs are coming from have existed in the California budget they are one of the highest grossing states and highest grossing incomes not just for states but for incomes 
no matter how you measure them. And they've had the answer to this problem. Like there's been quoted over 100,000 homeless in California. And now because of this Rona, they now are like, we can fix the homelessness problem. I mean, it's sad that it took Arona to do that, but at least those measures are being taken. So if you want more of those measures taken, if we want to see not a repeat or worse of 2008 and the ramifications of that, then we need to do the opposite. We need to keep it together. Lord and Lord. Oh Lord and Lord. Oh Lord and Lord. Oh Lord and Lord.